we used to launch products in 60 months. Can we launch them in 48 months? Or we used to launch products in 36 months. Can we launch them in 18 months? Um, and so we see a lot of engineering teams kind of trying to grapple with that. Like, how are we going to do that? How are we going to cut our product development times in half, especially when like product development for hardware teams is getting harder? Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. This episode is brought to you by Alpha Software Corporation. Alpha Software helps manufacturers digitize paper forms, making data collection fast and easy with built-in analytics dashboards. Get a free trial at alphasoftware.com ME. Pre-2020, there were certainly signs of change in terms of how teams worked and collaborated in a world that was becoming more and more digital. But today, after two and a half years of pandemic and a digital transformation of a large percentage of the workforce, that change is undeniable. We have teams collaborating in real time around the globe, and from communication to product development, we need new tools to help us manage it all. My guest today heads up marketing at one company that's helping lead this charge. Let me introduce her. As CoLab's VP of Marketing, MJ Peters brings a mix of industrial and software as a service experience to her role. Prior to CoLab, MJ led sales and marketing at Refine Labs, where she worked with 50-plus venture-backed B2B software companies on demand generation. Before that, MJ spent six years working at FTSE 100, Hulma PLC, a group of mid-sized manufacturing businesses focused on medical, environmental, and safety technology. MJ, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Joe. Uh, episode two. Now, I don't know what episode number this is going to be, but uh, happy to be here again. Yeah, I think you're uh, currently slotted as episode 114. So, you know, bringing you back a couple of years later, I, I, I wouldn't even want to go back and listen to our first recording because I I know that I had no idea what I was doing back then and hopefully a little bit better at it right now, but, um, you know, got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> hopefully I'm a little bit better at it too. 114 <laughs> strong number. Yeah. Well, on that topic, you, with your own show, I know just hit your number 100, um, milestone with, um, Matthew Chanella and the industrial marketing show. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, so we've been doing that podcast a little over two years as well, and uh, we focus specifically on the marketing side of things. Sometimes we uh, do a little foray into the product management or the sales side of things as well, um, but really for those uh, go-to-market and product innovation operators working in mid-sized manufacturing companies. Awesome. Well, you guys do a really awesome job. I love, um, I love your show. I love the focus on marketing as a marketing guy. Um, and I got to be on your show when that, for, I think it was like episode five or six or something like that for you guys or early on as well. So that was fun. And that's how I met Matt Chanella, who wound up working at Gorilla with me for about a year and a half and helped us take some major steps forward at our business. So it's been a fun uh, experience for sure. It's a really small world here in industrial. It is. It is indeed. 
Um, well, I know a lot has changed in your career since that time when we talked on this show for episode two. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you've done since um, that time when you were still at Firetrace? Yeah, so I was at Firetrace, which was the end of that six-year run at Halma, um, which is a group of mid-sized manufacturing businesses, as you mentioned in the intro. Um, I then jumped over to Refine Labs. I had actually a connection uh, to the founder who worked with me at Halma for a little while. And uh, so I got exposure to the world of B2B software and uh, really like rapidly learned the ins and outs of it because I was working with 50 or 60 different venture-backed software companies. And then at the end of about a year in that role, I decided to come back in-house and also back to the industrial world. Uh, so I'm now at Colab Software, which is uh, another venture-backed B2B software company, but we are uh, helping mechanical engineering teams collaborate better together. Very cool. And I was I was excited when I saw you going to Colab because I, I knew a little bit about Colab. I had Adam Keating uh, on this show actually uh, maybe a year and a half ago, as I think you know. And um, yeah, I think you guys are doing some really cool stuff. And I think that will be a good foray into where we're going here. You, you told me recently that you and the Colab team believe that the next renaissance is coming for manufacturing and hardware engineering. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm going to start the answer to this question in kind of a weird place, which is LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. So three years ago, when I was working at Firetrace, I was kind of just getting into posting on LinkedIn. And I remember really distinctly from that time, I posted a lot about uh, industrial marketing and go to market. And, and my I was I was trying to educate more of a manufacturing and industrial audience. But at the same time, I was quite interested in joining a fast growing business. And I remember somebody telling me, oh, that's silly, right? Like you should not talk about industrial anymore if you want to, you know, go into the startup world, because there's not a lot of innovation happening there, you should just pivot and talk generally about B2B growth. And I was like, okay, uh, that's a fair point. I accept your point, but I'm going to ignore it because I think, <laughs> I think industrial innovation is coming. It's going to pick up. There's so many awesome problems to be solved in industrial. And lo and behold, uh, three years later, I am in an industrial SaaS company, um, but there are so many others like all popping up all over the place. I feel like new ones every day and, and they're gaining momentum. Um, and so I think both on the software side of things with, with uh, products designed to innovate uh, business processes for manufacturers and, and hardware design teams, I think that's picking up. And equally, I think there's probably going to be a lot of innovation on uh, the, the physical side of things as well. Um, and of course, the crossover between the two where you get IoT and um, AI interfacing with uh, physical manufacturing processes. So all of that, I think, is, is already starting to accelerate and, and it's going to pick up steam in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's... Uh makes a lot of sense. You and I know as people who come from marketing backgrounds share, I think the opinion that the manufacturing sector tends to be lagging a little bit in terms of sales and marketing technology. You've told me the same is true from an engineering standpoint. And I know Colab kind of operates in that world. Can you speak a little more to that? Yeah, so um, I think you've seen a lot of innovation in uh, in terms of business processes and software design to make business processes easier and faster happening, specifically when it comes to software engineering processes and when it comes to like sales and marketing tech sold to other software businesses. And I actually think the reason for that is that entrepreneurs like to solve their own problems and people that are in the software space uh, tend to be really comfortable launching software products. So inevitably you get people that have been working either on the dev side 
for the sales and marketing side of a software business launching their own company and they're solving software engineering problems or sales and marketing problems that are common for software companies. And, and so I think you don't have as many people that have a deep knowledge of both software and venture and startups, as well as hardware engineering and manufacturing and those kind of business processes. Um, so I think it's a, it's a rare breed of person. Uh, obviously, Jeremy and Adam, who are the founders of CoLab, fit that box perfectly. Um, but in a lot of ways, they're self-taught in terms of uh, their software expertise. And, and they really came from that hardware engineering background. But they came onto the scene and they're solving a problem that they had. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that with entrepreneurs coming from the manufacturing space and, and figuring out software as they go along. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what CoLab's doing right now to innovate on the engineering side of manufacturing. Yeah, so um, I think it's worth um, starting with a bit of like a history of the tools that already exist uh, for hardware engineering teams, because obviously it's not like there are no tools for hardware engineering teams. They use tools every day. Um, But if you go back to the 1960s, uh, that's when you first had CAD, computer-aided design. And for that, a lot of engineering was being done like on pen and paper, physical, uh, physical design. And uh, so CAD comes along, people start using computer-aided design, and um, that was great. It was a really a step change forward for, for hardware design teams, but it created an immediate like follow-on problem, which is there's way too many CAD files now that were like being created at a rapid pace, and there was no way to organize them. Um, and so quickly, you have another solution pop onto the market, which is PDM, product data management. And uh, that kind of... Uh, the promise there was it's we're going to have a source of truth where all of these CAD files that are proliferating are now organized, which obviously made sense. That picked up steam. Um, but then you have another problem, which is, well, if you really want to be the source of truth, you can't just organize CAD files because uh, these designs, they're not just used by the engineering team. They're used by supply chain. They're used by quality. They're used by manufacturing. And so that's when kind of PLM or the next cycle, but life cycle, product lifecycle management um, comes onto the scene. It's it's a little bit more, uh, takes a more expansive view where you're not just talking about CAD files, but now you're talking about product metadata um, and and really trying to manage like all the times that a product changes throughout its life cycle. You you know it gets launched. Maybe you launch a Rev two like four years later where you're solving for specific customer needs that you've seen as a result of things happening in the field. You're interfacing with your quality team, and then you change the product a little bit. It has to be you know it has to be. Uh, built differently on the manufacturing floor. So product lifecycle management um, software really helps companies manage that whole lifecycle from launch all the way through to um, obsolescence of a product. Um, and uh, then at, you know, once product lifecycle management comes on uh, onto the scene, it's, it's now quite mature. A lot of, a lot of companies uh, use that software. And uh, since then we haven't, in my opinion, we haven't really had a major launch of a new transformational software for engineering teams. Um, And so what CoLab really realized is that there's a big part of the engineering design process that happens outside of both CAD and PLM. And that's really the decision-making. So you have an engineer and they create a a CAD model. And uh, eventually you're going to check that CAD model into PLM or PDM, and it's going to become a product record that other people are working on. But like before you can check it in, a lot of people have to weigh in on what was created from CAD, right? So you're the engineer, maybe your boss has to weigh in, maybe your peers have to weigh in, maybe the person with mechanical expertise has to weigh in because the person with electrical expertise made the model, um, maybe your suppliers or your customers have to weigh in, and lots of decisions get made in between, like the CAD and the PLM PDM. 
Um, and so PLM tends to be pretty rigid for a reason, which is like, you don't want changes being made all the time that are going to impact quality and manufacturing and supply chain because it would cause chaos. But that rigidity that, that helps PLM do its job um, makes it very hard for that fluid decision-making process to take place inside of PLM. And so as, an, uh, uh, as a result, you have people going outside of PLM and they're using like PowerPoints and emails and looking over each other's shoulders. Uh, and, and ultimately like all of that decision-making, it gets a little messy. And at the end of the day, like some of the most important decisions about the products are being made in that space. And so Colab wants to come in really and build something that is designed with uh, the decision-making processes in mind, uh, but that also integrates really seamlessly with CAD and with PLM. So it, it just comes right into the tech stack. It fills that vacuum um, and it helps ultimately engineers make better design decisions faster. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Still using paper forms for inspections? Alpha Software Corporation helps manufacturers turn paper forms into powerful mobile apps. You'll create more accurate and thorough manufacturing data, and built-in dashboards will help your managers pinpoint quality and supplier issues faster. You don't need to have any development skills to build apps with Alpha Software. They offer app templates that make it easy. Get a free trial at alphasoftware.com M-E. Yeah, I love it. Um... I feel like this kind of software is like part of my world in this in, in in marketing and and design and things like that with with my team. But it's it's really interesting to see this happening in a mar in a manufacturing and engineering setting. How, how has it been well received? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, there's a conversation going on in a lot of manufacturing companies about time to market. So we talk to you know 10, 15, 20 enterprise manufacturing organizations every week. And um, a lot of them are trying to get to market faster. Uh, so you have like companies that are in the news all the time, like Apple, uh, who really challenge other product manufacturers to get to market faster. And they're kind of on the forefront and they're pushing the entire ecosystem to say, we used to launch products in 60 months. Can we launch them in 48 months? Or we used to launch products in 36 months. Can we launch them in 18 months? Um, and so we see a lot of engineering teams kind of trying to grapple with that. Like, how are we going to do that? How are we going to cut our product development times in half, especially when like product development for hardware teams is getting harder, not easier, right? We have supply chain crisis. We have um, teams that are distributed on multiple continents. You've got the engineers sitting in a factory that is on a different continent than where the product's going to be manufactured. And you have increasingly, like with all of this IoT innovation going on, electronics that have to integrate seamlessly with hardware, that have to integrate seamlessly with communication infrastructure. Uh, so it's getting harder and you're, you're trying to do it faster. So something fundamental needs to change about how companies design products. And it can't just be like small efficiency gains that are going to get you there. Are there other tech companies touching the manufacturing sector that you are looking at and sort of admire as you watch this digital transformation take place? Yeah, so I, I talk a little bit about how uh, PLM is a system of record. And uh, then there's a lot of hardware engineering work, uh, decision-making work happening, happening outside of that system of record. And you actually have the same thing going on in manufacturing. So hardware engineering has that problem. Manufacturing has it too, so you have an ERP which is your system of record. But once you get a, an MO or a manufacturing order 
entered into that ERP system, what happens next is that a lot of the building of that product happens completely offline. So I've worked at several companies that use paper travelers. So you get the MO and then it goes into a folder and it travels all around the production floor. And, you know, when somebody completes this process, they check it off. And, and that is how these things get built and executed. There's no digital record of that. Um, so now you have a lot of companies that are building manufacturing execution systems, which is sort of the analog to what Colab's doing. So we're going to take all this stuff that's happening outside and is a little bit chaotic and we're going to systemize it and, and create a digital thread. And um, there's lots of different approaches to that. So you've got like companies that are focused on a specific part of the process. So Augmenteer is an example uh, where they make work instructions. They're like digitizing work instructions for the manufacturing floor. Um, or you've got companies that uh, focus on a specific vertical. So you've got machine metrics, for example, which uh, they're, they're doing machine monitoring, which is specifically for like precision machining and not necessarily, uh, you know, welding or, or other kind of manufacturing processes. And then you've got other companies that are trying to like tackle the, the whole manufacturing execution system problem, like Tulip, which are like a little bit more modular, a little bit more customizable, um, but maybe uh, somebody would have to configure that more than an augmenteer or machine metrics where it's kind of like out of the box for a specific application. So those kinds of things are really interesting. You've also got a lot of interesting stuff happening with uh, data and AI. So uh, Monolith is an example of that. They, they simulate expensive testing that happens in, in manufacturing. So um, think about like a, a crash test for automotive. Obviously that's super expensive to run. So what they're going to do is, you know, you run a couple of them and then you use that data and you apply AI to basically simulate as though you ran it a thousand times. And so you get the data without having to run the expensive test. Um, instrumental is another interesting one. I'll stop rattling off uh, many, many uh, names of companies here in a second, but they use, uh, they, they're analyzing data through AI to kind of service quality issues so that engineers can uh, find them and fix them faster. So lots of innovation, lots of really exciting stuff. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about hosting this podcast and just working with manufacturing people in general is is to see all the innovation that's happening right now. It's there's just so many different forces that are converging, and um, I think a lot of people outside of manufacturing still look at it as kind of a, a stodgy space that um, and and much of it is, but there's a lot of really cool things happening. It's fun to you know hear everybody talking about it. Yeah, um, one of my, my favorite quotes about innovation, I think it was Paul Graham, but I, I might be uh, misattributing this quote, but um, he said there's kind of like two places uh, that, that you can look for innovation, which is the first one is places nobody has looked before. Mm -hmm. And the second one is places that people have looked before, but they haven't looked hard enough. And uh, I think that the, the latter is definitely true about manufacturing and People can call it stodgy all they want, but ultimately, like you're you're impacting stuff that is on an industrial scale, um, and and I, how can you not be excited about that? For sure. Uh, well, MJ, as marketing people here, we can't avoid that topic altogether in, in this conversation. So I'm I'm curious, just since you've started in your role as Colab's VP of Marketing, what have you done to uniquely position Colab in its respective market? Because I know you put in some work there early on. Yeah, so I think it really it really boils down to two things. Um, the first one is uh, doing a lot of work to really understand and gain clarity on the technology landscape. So um, some of what I just went through with you've got CAD, you've got PLM. This is how these systems evolved over time, and and really what is the gap in the marketplace, and and how do we educate people that there's a better way of doing things, and and that it actually fits in with what they're doing today. Um, 
research, customer research, uh, and then just just uh, being able to tell that story in a way that really makes sense is one of the first things we focused on. Um, so I would wrap that all up as positioning. And then uh, second, um, we been, have been a lot more focused on our customers' business processes. So um, we want to show people uh, how they can transform a specific business process, like a gate review with CoLab. Um, and I think the reason that's really important is um, when you talk about digital transformation in the manufacturing space, I think a lot of what people have experienced is really long, drawn out, painful implementation processes. Um, and so we want to change the narrative around that. Um, and what we're really focused on is transforming kind of one business process at a time in a way that you can see a return on investment in weeks as opposed to years. And you can steadily build on that value across the organization, kind of building on the, the early wins. So um, taking gate review as an example, where before you might have a team uh, in your Asia Pacific factory, uh, and then a team in your factory in the UK that are trying to uh, jump on a, on a gate review call to uh, ensure that the product is, is ready to pass the gate and will meet the requirements. And, and you can take the next and move into the next stage of a stage gate product development process. You've got like, probably the Asia Pacific team jumping on a call at a weird time of day. Uh, you've got somebody sharing their screen uh, with, with CAD open because CAD has to be run like on a desktop most of the time. Um, and, and so only one person can kind of interrogate the model and you're trying to have an engineering conversation and make like important decisions about, about your product design. People are more engaged when they can spin the model themselves, right? Like, I mean, people go into engineering for a reason. They're curious about this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a frustrating experience if one person has to drive and you get people get better being disengaged. And um, even if everyone's engaged and participating, somebody else in the room is having to like track all this stuff in a spreadsheet. And this is why things get missed. This is why the best ideas are not always surfaced because people are on Zoom calls, too many of them at weird hours of the day, and they're not able to fully participate and, and use their strengths as engineers. So if we can take that one process of gate review and transform it and uh, you know make it two times faster so that those companies are starting to shave off months of their product development lifecycle, then maybe next we tackle supplier design for manufacturability. And then maybe after that, we tackle cost reduction, right? Cost reduction workshops. And so, so slowly you're like doing one business process at a time. And eventually you've transformed 20 different processes in your business. And that's how you're going to get from a 36 month product development cycle to a 12 month product development cycle. I love the mindset. It's really great. So MJ, September 15th, we'll be hanging out for the first time in person um, at the Industrial Marketing Summit in Cleveland, um, which is happening during Content Marketing World. Uh, I am the event's moderator, and you are one of the featured speakers. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the summit and specifically what you're going to be talking about in your session? Yeah, so um, I'm really excited about this summit. I think it's one of the uh, first events I've come across that is uh, specifically about marketing for industrial companies. And I do think... Uh, having created an entire podcast about this topic, there are a lot of nuances to being an industrial marketer as opposed to just a B2B marketer generally. Um, so I would say one of the questions I get most often through LinkedIn um, and, and through the other places I produce content is uh, how do you 
position marketing as a really strategic function in the business. And I think um, individual contributors are interested in this because uh, they want to continue to level up their career. But I think leaders are equally interested in this. Um, I've met many new CEOs of manufacturing companies who want to take advantage of the strategic nature of marketing, but it's quite hard to go from this is not a strategic function in our business to now it's a driver of revenue and of business strategy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how I've done that um, and, and kind of helped companies shift that mindset, but also gained a seat at the table myself um, throughout various stops on my career, um, including my first kind of role as an individual contributor, uh, being a product and marketing manager at SensorX, through uh, being a director and then getting promoted to VP at Firetrace, um, and then now, of course, uh, at Colab in a really fast-growing uh, company that is still in the industrial space. Well, I'm really looking forward to the session. I, get, I think I get to just sort of introduce you and sit back and listen, which I'm looking forward to. I, you've been an inspiration to a lot of people that I know, including members of my own team at Gorilla. And so I think it's really cool. You're going to have a platform to kind of share, uh, you know, so, some of the things that you've probably done along the way to help earn the seat at the executive table and, um, and really take some big steps forward in your career. So looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think I've ever actually been to an in-person marketing conference either. So um, that'll be a first for me as well. Awesome. Well, MJ, is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation that I did not ask you about today? No, this was fun. Um, but uh, if anybody has questions about this, or uh, if you want to geek out over the manufacturing technology landscape, I uh, my DMs are always open. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, MJ. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Um, before, we, before I let you go, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and where they can learn more about Colab? Yes, uh, I am MJ Peters on LinkedIn. And like I said, my DMs are open. Uh, I also have slightly less filtered takes on Twitter, if that's your thing. Um, I also uh, co-host the Industrial Marketing Show on Apple and Spotify. And you can learn more about Colab at collabsoftware.com or just by going to my LinkedIn profile and clicking on the, on the company icon. Awesome. Well, MJ, thank you once again. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Alpha Software Corporation. Alpha Software helps manufacturers digitize paper forms, making data collection fast and easy with built-in analytics dashboards. Get a free trial at alphasoftware.com ME. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.